listening to The Cube Cast. All right, welcome back to The Cube Cast with Tom, myself, Hi. and Sean Hanna. Sean Hanna comes from PK Move, PK Silver, all the umbrellas underneath that. There you go, right there. Um, yeah! <laughs> what got me turned on to PK Move? As soon as I heard about it on a podcast, I told everyone around me. And let me tell you, Sean, they got sick of me talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for doing something like that. Um, I think it's oh, really important. You, man. You're doing great. <laughs> like, it's really important that you brought it to the surface on a different level. And um, that's leveling up for sure. All right. Um, so, um, you know what? We talked before. You were in, um, uh, where was it? Uh, Virginia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's going on in Virginia? So that's where PK Move is based. And that's where I originally taught parkour uh, starting like 10 years ago, around 2010. So 11 years. Ooh, and... Wow. Uh, most of our programs are in the city of Alexandria, which is right across the Potomac from D.C. And we do programs with Title I schools, uh, assisted living centers, and then we do classes online that are attended coast to coast. Nice. <laughs> wow. How is that going with online uh, teaching? That must have some ch interesting challenges to it. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. It's uh it's a good creative challenge for an experienced parkour coach to be like, okay, you've got a living room. You got about 10 by 10 square feet. And that's right. it. Yeah. You know, that's it. Maybe you got a chair. Maybe you got, you know, we, we do all sorts of stuff. Now we play with brooms and stuffed animals and dish rags and tissues and keys. And we do scavenger hunts and all kinds of little games. And it's forced me to think of, parkour in yet another new way you know where it's uh what kind of parkour could you teach and practice for when you've got actually almost nothing right and the answer of course you know parkour always finds an answer right yeah. and then you start finding the next answer and the next one until you know it's the highlight of my week to teach this thing in a <laughs> 10 by 10 box <laughs> so you're still able to get those like foundational movements with none of the crazy setups of yeah. a regular if you, gym if you if you if you uh widen parkour scope out not so it's like so vague that it doesn't mean anything anymore but if you <laughs> if, if you widen it to the point where it's like you're you're really just practicing how to play right doing parkour is actually playing but yeah. practicing how to play can be broken into you know little biomechanical chunks that help people build skills on a two-dimensional surface or give them a very slight three-dimensional challenge like they put a book on the ground and they have to do something with that that can easily translate to a you know five six foot ledge although we don't advise that for the pk silver group as most of them are in their 70s we want them to just get around the house like a ninja we're not really <laughs> it up too far you know so but and that takes that also in a weird way takes pressure off as a coach, right? I don't have to. It doesn't take a lot to entertain someone over seventy. They just want to get around better, 
you know they yeah. don't want to do anything too crazy so you know the craziest stuff i can do on a couch or a chair is like going to blow them away so in a in a in a really fun way that takes the pressure off me having to be like dynamic party clown parkour teacher and just <laughs> yeah kind of medium chill party clown biomechanics, corrective exercise, fall prevention coach, mm -hmm. which is actually a very rich territory and staying in this 10 by 10 box, trying to think of it, make it new for them every week is took me places I didn't know we'd go. You know, like how we're playing, we were, uh, a couple of weeks ago we were doing, um, I think this is probably the favorite thing I've taught. Um, we did nunchuck socks for 20 minutes. So you take your sock off, I didn't prepare for this anecdote, so you're just going to have to <laughs> holding a long sock. I'm like, go get some long socks. We do this all the time. I'll surprise them because a lot of times I don't know what I'm going to come up with. I don't really do a plan with this class. This is me just throwing spaghetti at the wall. So this day I was just like, you know what? Go get a pair of socks and we'll just do something. They all come back with socks. I'm like, all right, we tuck it underneath, you know, then we start breaking down little sock techniques. And then before you know it, you know, we're going all around and we've done shoulder mobility for 20 minutes and they don't even know it, but they're like, oh, my shoulders feel great. I'm like, yeah, nunchuck <laughs> sucks, real yeah. shit, you know? So playing with, playing with obstacles takes on a new context when you can hold the obstacle, right? So maybe it's not oh, a yeah. solid piece that you have to move. Maybe it's just a thing that you hold that teaches you how to move and trains you, you know? So. Right. I think there's a, there's a whole lot of new territory in conditioning and fall prevention and just uh, technical development that parkour coaches could really learn a lot from, from having to confine yourself mentally to the body of a seven-year-old. It actually brings out more creativity in the low to mid-range movements than you might have ever thought. And it'll go back into your practice. All of your smaller movements will start getting smoother. You'll start putting away the dishes better. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not saying I'm 70, but I mean, <laughs> but, but using that kind of, um, so to speak, training in your later years, just to move around the house is so beneficial from you falling, just, you know, succumbing to your, your number and say, oh, at, people at this age shouldn't be doing this. Well, no, no, there isn't no shouldn't. There is no can't. There is no don't. Like, it doesn't matter what age, you know, you got to be mobile. You got it. And if you start thinking and practicing this way now, by the time you get to 70, man, how badass is your 70? Ah, yeah. yeah. Everyone else's, right? You're going to be rocking still. So let's plan. talk about that. Um, so was it the Florida Health Commission of some sort uh, approved parkour for seniors? Um, didn't know about that. Oh dang! What, what was it? Oh no, for cancer. Um, I, I so um what what I've heard uh, was that PK move PK silver was approved for seniors um, to practice, uh, approved by the Cancer Association or something. I, I I wasn't advised on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm just making some stuff up, but it's true. <laughs> some rumors. Uh, great. Send me a link. They should have called me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not sure what that means. It, like approved. Like was there uh, some kind of research published or? Um, 
That seems like a big one. What yeah, you? so what I heard was that um, parkour with seniors really showed that um, the mobility and from having um, more uh, movement in their life cut down on the possibilities of catching cancer at a sooner age, they noticed. And so they approved with the Cancer Association to introduce parkour in the seniors' lives. I would love to read that. Uh, we <laughs> We... We did have a program early on called uh, PK Survivor, which was specifically targeting uh, breast cancer, but all cancer survivors and mm. holding fundraisers and events um, just to spread awareness and get people into our programs. And um, unfortunately, we, it didn't it didn't take hold enough and we didn't give it enough of a push back then. But that's definitely one thing we want under our umbrella of teaching parkour to special populations. Um, in the six years, almost six years, PK Move's been around, uh, Title I schools and seniors have been the two main focus, but we've had, uh, we've had events for wounded warriors, cancer survivors, uh, kids with learning disabilities, you know, every kind of person you could think of that wouldn't go into a, you know, a dubstep spray painted shirtless teenager parkour gym, you know. <laughs> We brought it to them, and that's that's the mission. That's so, funny. Uh, I would be interested to get some follow up on that. Where, All where right. Yeah, it, it, it could have been an interview that Nancy did. You know, Nancy Lorenz, our founder mm -hmm. and original executive director, she did this because of her experience in my class at Urban Evolution, the old parkour gym I used to run. Uh, doing parkour all the way through her breast cancer diagnosis and treatment and recovery. Like she didn't stop. Wow. You know? She didn't stop because she was already a lifer, you know, six months <laughs> into starting to come to us. And then she got the diagnosis and she was like, I'm, this is what's going to get me through. And it did. So that was like the impetus for her to create this. Mm. So it could have been with her. I, I'm pretty sure she was talking about it, but, um, and we've we've gotten a lot we've gotten a lot of good press lately. So you know it's it's some of it gets lost in the jumble. You know I do so many interviews. And... You know what? That's <laughs> that's the only spaghetti that stuck for me for that. So <laughs> all right, we just had a piece by a U.S. News and World Report with nunchuck socks quoted in it because the reporter <laughs> was at that class. She was doing it. She was Michelangelo with the rest of us. <laughs> How cool is that? That's in legacy media. That's in print. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put that on the post. <laughs> Ten pages down from like, what's Putin doing? I couldn't believe it. Oh, what is he Told doing? my parents they were indifferent. <laughs> That's funny. Um, sorry, Paul. Well, sorry the, sorry uh, about the chewing. This is <laughs> one of those days where I forget to eat. I have the same problem. So, so what's going on, or what's in the for the you know foreseeable future here for PK Move? Well, the the next big thing coming up is our summer camps. Mm. Uh -huh. um, this is the first time we've had uh, like a full on week long twenty hour summer camp, and all sold out in Alexandria. It's a huge <laughs> test for coaches, so I'm pretty nervous about that. It's super <laughs> and very humid and hope the kids don't pass out and they just have fun. Um, yeah. 
we've got our first licensee, which is an assisted living center called Goodwin House. Hmm. They're starting their fourth round of the eight-week PK Silver programming that was the basis of the Marymount Texas Tech University study that declared parkour safe and effective for seniors, and it's not going it. to keep grandma when she tries awesome. to jump off the roof, right? So we just did an updated curriculum for them. I, I changed everything around, and I'm very excited about it because the first, uh, the research study programming was pretty, like it's there was a lot of like really standard strength and conditioning stuff because we were kind of teaching to the research, right? And right. scientific research has to be reproducible. It has to be, you know, measurable. Yeah. And parkour at its best is impossible to measure. You know, it's very asymmetrical and organic. So <laughs> I kind of yeah. had to put it in a box a little bit. But now yeah. that the, now that the scientists are gone, I changed the curriculum around. Now it's just games, skills, games, like two seconds of conditioning back to games. You know, it's going to be way more fun. <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> more fun for 90 year olds. Got to see 90-year-olds do it. I love it. How many coaches are on the PK Move team? Like, is it like 90 plus or? Oh, how no, does no. How does one to get to be a coach? Like, how can I become a coach? I was just, I was going to ask that too. Ah, I that. <laughs> I'll send you the paperwork. It Please is do. substantial. Please. <laughs> Nonprofits, uh, baby. Woo! We love our paperwork. That's what I know. That's what I know now. Um, so... To become a coach for PK Move, it's we're we're very open-ended. We're open-minded towards people that have the right mindset and background, but aren't necessarily in parkour. They're not they're not tresseurs. They don't do this, but maybe they have a deep background in rehabilitation or um, or working with seniors. But they just think this is a cooler way to do it. We just hired a lady named Erin who's done work for Silver Sneakers, very very well-known national senior fitness programming um, uh, organization. They have, they have, they're, they're kind of like the gold standard. Silver Sneakers is the gold standard for hmm. uh, licensed seniors fitness programming and they are like everywhere, right? And she did them for a long time and, oh, hold on kind of lost you here. She was with them for a long time, delivered their programming and saw us through one of our articles. I think it was, she saw the video that we did for uh, Vice Magazine, huh. uh, which showed some of our, you know, 50 and up programming. And uh, she was kind of, you know, she had that same kind of aha experience, uh, especially coming from um, an experienced place in senior fitness where you see most of the programming there is pretty rote. Like it is, you know, they, they kind of coddle them even a little bit. It's mostly standing on one place and doing very right. simple movements, all of which is very good, but there's, there's no spice to it, right? There's no, you know, and Zumba's dangerous. No, I'm not, I'm kidding. <laughs> so there's gotta be something in the middle, you know, but, uh, she, she kind of recognized uh, the heart of what we're trying to get out in this class and really any parkour class, right? Where it's, where it's like you're fascinated by movement for its own sake. You're not there for its health. You're not there for your health. You're not there to lose weight. You're not there to get jacked. You're not even there to like, you know, 
stabilize a joint, except very indirectly by playing with a sock for a while. We want to make it playful. We want to make it fun um, because in time we think as more research comes in on this, it'll bear it out. It sticks. It actually sticks. That's the problem with most fitness is people don't adhere to it because it's a drag, man. No one wants to exercise. That shit sucks. And I do a lot of it. You know, but I only do a lot of it because I'm so fascinated by my movements that I have to have a body that does them. Right. So that forces me to learn that forces the discipline out of me. And that's that's our big sell, which is like if we can get people goofing off and liking it, they'll actually do the work. When you give them homework, they'll actually do it because now they're excited to scramble over a bench or whatever dumb shit we made them do last week. But they want to do it better, you know, because it's about the move. It's not about them anymore. And that sticks. Yeah, that's a good thing. Hey, about parkour, it's the the fun of it is the huge draw, and everything else is a it's a side effect. <laughs> right. right, right. We tell we tell them in class that all the time. You know, like I don't care what your goals are. That's all just that's a that's a byproduct. Health is a byproduct yeah. of movement. It's not the other way around. Right. You know? so, but it's sold the other way around, unfortunately. Right, we're just one little, you know, chink in that armor saying that you, we got it all backwards. We need to do it different. And this is the way. Plays the way. I love it. So a lot of the coaches, they don't have to have a strong, or I shouldn't say not a strong, but uh, like a long background in parkour themselves. No, not not really. They, they do need to have some interest in it, obviously. Yeah. And... We do put them through uh, some specialized training depending on whether they're going to work with the kids or with the silvers. Because obviously seven-year-olds and 70-year-olds have vastly different curriculum, you know, (laughs) at least in some parts, you know, I I can, I can show you at the margins or at the beginnings that, you know, everybody should learn the same things. If you can't stand on a two or solidly at any age, you shouldn't be going up any right. higher than that, right? Yeah. Master those two inches and we'll talk, right? Everyone right. starts at the same point. <sighs> but um, for our for our kids, I mean, we, we do like it when we when the coaches, you know, have some background. We've got some incredibly skilled people. Frank Mejia works for us. If you know who he is, he's like a world chase tag badass and took cool. my old job back <laughs> east. He's I call him my I would call him my protege, but I can see him rolling his eyes. <laughs> They're actually going to be here this week. Um, and most of our coaches did come from that like core nucleus of people that we all knew each other at Urban Evolution. And um, when PK Move started, you know, we were all happy to help and throw in. But since then, it's grown quite a bit and diversified. And I would say roughly half of our coaches don't have any particular parkour background or didn't come here with it and are now, you know, getting right. into the life after being exposed to it because it's awesome and it's fun and cool. everyone who gets exposed to it usually ends up doing it a little bit yeah <laughs> so you guys don't have like one gym that you're based out of or anything right no that's uh our model is all about coming to you right so okay. if we're going to serve special populations we have to understand that a they're usually not going to have the money for a parkour gym and B, they they wouldn't be caught dead in one anyways for for the seniors. Like they're they're not coming to a parkour gym, no matter how open mm-hmm. and inclusive right. you make it. 
that's first of all it's just not practical you know the age groups we're targeting a lot of them either can't drive or don't drive so that's not going to work right and the whole ethos behind parkour in our opinion and most people's opinion is you know like we all kind of understand gym baby culture a little bit right you know as, as parkour gyms have started to grow up you get the that cohort that only do parkour in the gym yeah. and they never go out and do it. And it's not like integrated yeah. into their lives. And that's, that's backwards now. Yeah. And it's missing the point, right? If you're only doing yeah. parkour inside, it's like, that, that's, you missed it. Okay. You know, you got to go out. And yeah. so our whole thing is if we're going to serve people that don't have the means or aren't in the right mindset for a place like that, it's like, don't worry about it. We'll come to you. You've got a curb. Oh, look at that. You've got a handrail. You've got a short wall. You've got everything. We can yeah. teach you to play wherever you are. And that's especially important for uh, some of the low income kids we deal with because, again, they're not going to have the money to go to a parkour gym, but they often live in areas that you know could hold a lot of adventure for them if they weren't scared of using it or had friends to be there with so it teaches them the culture of it in a way that a gym oftentimes can't when it gets kind of clicky you know right um and we want to you know we want to spread that message about parkour generally it's like this is about reclaiming the environment right there's a big yeah. there's a there's a bigger reason behind all this goofy playing stuff that you know we don't have to get too serious about but it is important, you know, as as movement kind of gets more and more patterned out of the world, this is one little thing we can do to kind of reclaim the space. And so that's part of the mission of PK Move yeah. is going to people that would never think that they could participate in that philosophy through their bodies and saying, oh, yes, you can. Let's go to this handrail. You're going to have a blast. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really um kind of getting back to the whole the origins of, of parkour itself right like it is accessible just go outside Anything. and do this stuff you, yeah. you can do it and it's great that you guys are you know having this such a good approach to getting older people who wouldn't typically do, do this you know everyone thinks it's going to be teenagers but it's so awesome that it's that you guys are actually getting out to you know even seniors right like that's really yeah, wicked. It's, it's a much easier sell when they don't have to do nothing, you know? Right. right. It's common to you. You don't even have to pay. They already <laughs> paid. Love it. Or it's on a grant or it's this, that, or the other. It's like, we're just, it's here for you. All you have to do is poke your head in and take a look one time, see if it's interesting. And they usually do, you know? Yeah. Usually it's just one class is all it takes. <laughs> Sean, um, when did you start parkour yourself? Um, I'm like most people. I'm a I'm a casino royale baby. Most yeah. Americans, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a casino royale baby. Yeah. All right. So hey. yeah, when that movie came out, that was 14. Yeah. That was 15 years ago now, almost. Is it really already? Yeah. Oh, man. Time flies. Jeez. Yeah. So I'm a total I'm a total American basic. You know, yeah. I saw. <laughs> I saw Fukon do that chase and you know I was part of that first wave of people in America that saw that and was like that's the thing. I've always wanted to do whatever the hell he's doing. I got to find yeah. out everything about it. <laughs> you're giving me goosebumps, Sean. Like seriously, I feel your enthusiasm. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, before that point in the states there was uh what like the tribe and maybe Tempest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was 
my first uh, my first parkour class was at Primal Movement and nice. with Frosty and Travis and the original. Oh, no way. Yeah. That is sick. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's nice to know some OGs that you trained with. Yeah, and I was, you know, I fell in love. In the, I mean, the first frame of Casino Royale, like the first Kong ball, I was like, <laughs> that's it. That's it. And then I went to Primal and took that first class, and, like, cool. I felt like I got shot with adrenaline afterwards. I left the class and then immediately went out to the parks and sprained my ankle doing a bunch <laughs> of jumps. Just had so much energy for it i just never felt that tapped into anything else i've ever done and i've loved activity my whole life i've done martial arts basketball climbing snowboarding wrestling all of it but cool. i was gonna ask like first big curb jump was like this yeah. is it this is the rest of my life that's that's a funny time hey after your first you know a little bit of exposure you have like the 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 veil kind of lifted off right from the, the normal muggle vision. It's just like, oh, my God, I can do all of this now. <laughs> it's real, man. When the first time parkour vision hits. Yeah, man, I, feel yeah like, I know. Like the universe just whispered a secret in your yeah. ear. Like, oh, my God, I got to tell everyone. Can I tell everyone? And everyone gets sick of you here talking. Yeah. About it. It's yeah. And then all your friends turn into parkour friends like. <laughs> it's great <laughs> oh yeah 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 They're the only ones who understand me i can barely talk to anyone else it's not true <laughs> you don't see that way sometimes <laughs> so i see a set of drums there what else do you do you mentioned some other hobbies like martial arts and um yeah uh, late... saw... oh, go ahead yeah yeah um since the big injury i had a achilles rupture three mm. months ago yeah one too many jumps it finally mm -hmm. happened um, so lately archery and drums you know the the stationary skills have yeah. really <laughs> you know and the drumming's good dorsiflexion so right. each each yeah, hit of the yeah. bass drum gets me back it, it's all pt it's all pt that's cool um yeah and i live in boulder obviously so yeah. you know all the climbing and scrambling and my absolute favorite cross training for parkour because my my style is like speed and i want to do world chase tag i was cool. had a mind to do world chase tag before this happened and i was training with the guys like training with the boulder crew and all the guys that do it and you know feeling so fast and it's so fun it's just it's the best it's the best parkour competition i think it that's really been is. I, yeah. I really do it's just the way that it's done, the way they treat the athletes, the way right. they shoot it, and how exciting and constant it is. It's just like it's the best. So, um, uh, after doing a couple speed comps at Apex, uh, gosh, about maybe a year and a half ago, I started finally going into all the trails in Boulder. I like I, I saw I saw the gap between me and the guys that could do like all these monster down strides and just flick <laughs> off of it and keep going and how much faster that made their times as opposed to guys like me that could do the big jumps, but I got to like stop and plyo two feet. That's right. like a quarter second. Yeah. If you do, or that's like half a second, you do two of those, you're already a second behind in a 12 second race. You'll never catch up. So yeah. I'm like, fuck, how do I get those? My ankles are going to explode if I go from here to here on a stride are you kidding me i didn't understand it but then i started going out to the trails in boulder and obviously boulder's got tr you'll never get the best of boulder you could hit a different trail every single day awesome. wow. but i 
but I'd been here for four years and I'm such a parkour dork. I'd only been to campus, you know, four years in Boulder. I barely knew any trails and I started going up to trails and just humping it, you know, kind of doing my like parkour hermit cross training. I didn't go out with that intention. Um, I just wanted to do it because I felt guilty. You know, it was a beautiful summer and I hadn't really done Boulder despite living here. So I went out and did it and started going up pretty quick and started getting my cardio. And then I started seeing guys. Guys would pass me, guys and girls would pass me going down like at fucking sprint speed. Oh, and I was man. like, what? You know, <laughs> and I'm a parkour guy, yeah. right? But that looks scary to me. And I was like, well, that's it then. That's that's what I gotta do. And I and I started watching them, especially the ones there's a group here that you're not supposed to talk about. Uh, I learned from friends who do climbing. Climbers are so precious. They really are. <laughs> That's awesome. There's this group called, uh, I'm going to blow the cover off this. They're called, but I, but I don't even remember the right name, so I'm probably not blowing the cover off nothing. But it's like the devil's gremlins or Satan's minions or <laughs> Lucifer's douches or some shit. It's, um, but their whole thing is they like, they like scramble race. So if you know scrambling, that's like the midpoint between hiking right. and vertical climbing. So scrambling yeah. can still be pretty damn hairy, yeah. right? It's it's like as close as you can get to free soloing without free soloing, right? And these crazy bastards do <laughs> something called the Tour de Flatirons, which is <laughs> – if you know anything about Boulder, we've got these great big jutting rocks that go at these angles like this, spread across oh. the landscape right next to the city. They're iconic. You know, you've probably seen them somewhere. And uh, there's five in particular, Flatirons one through five, and uh, insane motherfuckers go straight up the face of it on a scramble, hundreds of feet, and then run back what? down as fast as they fucking can wow. taking these huge <laughs> drops at these crazy angles and i'm thinking about the best speed comps i've ever seen indoors on symmetrical you know or you know geometrical surfaces yeah and you know like like amazing guys like the french dudes i've seen french guys compete on speed course and you're just like ooh la la i can't believe how fucking advanced <laughs> it is but i saw you know it's satan's bastards or whatever <laughs> ripping down these fucking mountains and i'm just like holy shit that's what it's about i gotta start doing that so i started picking up speed last year and holy crap by the end of it i was taking huge ass drops in stride on bumpy weird like every step you take at that speed you're asking to get chewed up like every single thing uh, yeah. could fuck you up so you really dial in like i was so <laughs> centered and i finally felt the same way about doing a trail hike as i felt about doing you know the biggest ass stride at the campus like i found my parkour in the mountains and all i had to do was scare the shit of my shit out of myself <laughs> going down like 10 times faster than i went up it's the best so i can't wait to start getting wow. back to that that's like my main boulder bro activity is just ripping ass down mountains like a satan's whatever and i and i did and i went up the face for the first time last year i did one of the faces up in a scramble which is like you want to talk about your asshole puckering for like 20 minutes straight just to get your awesome awesome whatever whatever movement drug you want to get on boulder boulder's got it for you wow
Yeah, that's uh, that's on the uh, bucket list for sure. Got got to get out there at some point. Yeah, apparently yeah. Boulder's is wicked. Yeah, come do it. I got a fold out ottoman and everything. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the offer. That's really cool of you. Yeah. Hey, um, you said you mentioned uh, injury. Uh, I know you're in a boot, but how do you um? Not do anymore. Nice, nice. Oh. How do you deal with your injury? Do you just like let time heal, or do you go to a, a chiropractor or a person or massage therapist? What's your? How do you deal with that? Uh, they're they're kind of all the same. This uh, this one was unique, and it's my first surgery. I managed to avoid it, but uh, as far as injury recovery goes, um, I've done them all myself, and I've had them all, <laughs> so I've learned how to do each one. And I mean, we're talking the whole thing. I've I've set breaks. I've pushed oh, back in dislocations. Ah, wow. Uh, every tweak and tear and fuck up you can have, I've done it twice, you know, <laughs> but brought it back each time stronger. And that's, right. that speaks to my education and my background. My, my first phase of my career was rehabilitation and training people over 50 and hmm. uh, uh, my degrees in exercise science. So... You know, oh, it's, well. I'm not going in blind. I'm not just stubborn. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm stubborn and and slightly educated. You know, plus experienced. <laughs> after all this time, like I said, I've fixed everything on me twice. I've, yeah, I've yeah. fixed other people for 20 years now and seen what works and what doesn't. And it's it's kind of all the same. You know, after the after the initial emergency recovery period, depending on how bad the injury is, like mm -hmm. right. an Achilles repair, you need a couple of months of little to no activity so that that thing can knit back together. I gave it like a day, you know, before I started <laughs> testing again. But right. uh, I managed to be pretty calm, but the process is always the same. Once the initial phase is over, uh, then you're just seeing what's left, like what movement out of this particular joint is left. And in the case of the Achilles tendon, there were, the main movement there is dorsiflexion, right. right? You take away dorsiflexion, you take away everything, your and runs, your jumps, all of it. Long it's long. all gone. Anything dynamic is gone. So what's the number one goal? Bring back dorsiflexion. So the first thing you have to do is see what's in there. And so when I put my toes up to the wall, like say these are my toes and this is the rest of my leg, I can't bend <laughs> past ninety, right? So dorsiflexion is almost completely gone uh, after surgery, and now we're at month three and I'm back to like yes. 45, 50 degrees again, wow. and I need to get down to here where my left left leg is to be back to even and back to like world class because. The kind of dorsiflexion you need for high-level speed parkour is, like, insane. You need to be really strong and really supple in the dorsiflex position. So, obviously, I dug a huge hole with, with this. <laughs> hilarious. But the actual mechanics of it are fairly simple. I just have to bring this back. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Most of them are pretty tedious at the beginning, but... Back in month three, I'm already going on hikes and climbing trees and doing dumb shit again. So wow. we're on the way. We're on the way. Yeah, that's pretty speedy. Yeah, faster than my orthopedist would prefer. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> so he doesn't. He doesn't like my stories, but I'm I'm winning him over gradually. Each time I come back, it's like, what'd you do now? I'm like whatever the hell I felt like doing, and it worked. Look, <laughs> look. I've done the same. Okay. I guess I trust you. 
I know. He has I know. To, right? What can he do? <laughs> I know what Tom's thinking. Um, have you followed uh, the Knees Over Toes guy? Uh, oh, you read my mind. Ben Patrick, yeah. Ben Patrick is awesome. Okay, ben cool. Patrick <clears throat> has really got something. Yeah. And I was incorporating a lot of his movements into my practice nice. before That's this so injury that were like, I mean, it felt like my legs were taking Good. like steroids. I felt yes. like like leg vitamins. <laughs> yeah. The guy really has it. In fact, I blame him for this injury a God. little bit because <laughs> I was getting so strong so fast that I really kind of overdid it and got my ego into it. That's that's not oh, Ben's fault. It's blaming really, him for your ego. It's got nothing to do yeah. with him. It's, it's got fault, everything to, to do with my <laughs> one more time syndrome that I can't shake. But uh, that's people saying that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was, and all the things that I need to work on now, I was already working on uh, with the knees over toes movements. Good. So I've just adapted them to rehab, right? Yeah. I've constricted the forms, but it's the same kind of program. Now it's just knees over toes for a broken guy. Yeah. And soon I'll be fixed and right back to it. And that was because of him, the two goals I had before this were actually starting to get realistic. When I discovered knees over toes, it got me really psyched about playing basketball again because that was my very <laughs> first love was basketball. Same yeah. here. And so uh, for part of my warm-ups, you know, for my agility, my crossover training for World Chase Tag, I was doing dribbling again and starting to do vertical jumps again and cool. getting a nice handle too. I'm like a little honey badger out there when I get going. <laughs> and, and it was feeling good. And then the next phase is I wanted to bring the hops back because I could dunk when I was 19. I actually could. I'm oh, only 5'10". But I've always had jumps, and I could throw it down when I was 19 and still playing basketball, but hadn't done it in 20 years. And obviously, I've been jumping like, you know, mostly horizontal or only slightly vertical for the last 14. I wasn't yeah. doing that jump, stop, explode up like in basketball. And I discovered my tendons were too fucked for that. Yeah. Right. 14 years of parkour, plus not having specialized training, plus not having done knees over toes the way that he does it. You know, I've. I've had a few of those movements in my practice for a while, but the way that he stacks them and progresses in them, like he's, he's got it. And, uh, after about a month and a half of that, like I'd gone from like scraping the rim, like that's where I started probably six weeks of knees over toes. I was back to here. Yeah. Right. Wow. And to dunk, you need like that. You need to be just past the wrist. If you right. want to stuff it and like, like really do it yeah. and not need it youp and shit That's like so awesome. like a white guy if you really want to do it yourself you need about that much clearance over 10 feet and man i'm telling you it was like four inches in six weeks maybe six to eight weeks four more and god awesome. got it so i was getting close to that and the other major goal was getting a world chase tag and tagging frank mejia who I hate with a burning passion. Uh-oh, here, here first. No, he's actually one of my favorite people, but he sucks and I'm going to ruin his life. When I tag him, when I tag him like 41 off of a repaired Achilles, you're just going to see the light <laughs> yeah. in his eyes and he'll never do chase tag again. He'll just Burn. move into a hole and die, which is my That's dream. Hilarious. That and dunking, those are the two big things that just... Uh, just tumbled down the mountain a little bit. First. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, it's obviously working. The eventual victory that much sweeter. At least that's what my delusions tell me, and I believe them. I yeah. believe them. I have to. I have to. <laughs>
So this that type of uh, dream. My dream train. is to ruin Frank's life. I want that. <laughs> yeah, life is yeah, get a T-shirt. <laughs> um, that training, then, like knee, the knees over toes stuff, has that impacted like the PK silver stuff at all? Like, or was that already in there? Like backwards walking type things. Um, backwards walking was already in there. But partly because yeah. of knees over toes, I've expanded its role in the new new curriculum. Um, and I've started to experiment with my my Wednesday class. Um, and, you know, just doing his like topmost progressions, but getting them used to the idea, right? Because his whole yeah. thing is exercise science and fitness generally has, at least in the West, is like really got a big failure of imagination, right? always loading a squat in the back, always yeah. focused on like weightlifting and bodybuilding and all these other protocols that don't max out your agility and in fact limit you and set you yeah. up for injury, right? So um, so I'm starting to get people used to just the concept, right? Because it, it, it hits everyone's ears wrong. It seems wrong until you give the real world examples like he gives, like going downstairs, that's knees over toes, going on a hike, that's knees over toes. Like we're actually designed that way. And so you have to retrain people. If they've yeah. gotten any other traditional fitness advice, you have to like condition that back out of them and show them that it's okay. Yes. And in the in the case of something like PK Silver Online, we make games out of it. You know, I'll, I'll have them set up a like a diagonal. And that's a movement. Here, we'll go over here. <laughs> we'll put you in studio. There you go. Oh, nice. Thank you. And we are in studio. All right. Um, All right. So have them set up, you know, and yeah. instead of having them split squat forward, maybe we'll just have them dip the back knee, which is already a huge challenge. Like already this screws people up. And then if you make them yeah. lift the back knee, now they're really screwed up. Right. Right. So then they have to just master that position. And then from there, what are you doing? You know, you give them some sort of thing to deal with up top. So you like lock in that bottom. So now they're getting all that anterior load in this side, but it's kind of passive, right? They're not really like cranking on it. It's just passive right. anterior load pumping up that knee joint. And while that's fatiguing, you distract them up top and, you know, maybe give them some nunchucks or give them some keys to twirl or give them a book to pass behind their back or give them a ball to catch, but yeah. they have to stay in anterior load. And by doing that, by giving them the upper body distraction, they'll do that shit for like two minutes straight. If you just told them, hey, I just want right. you to hold this position for two minutes, they wouldn't do it. They'd be pissed. They wouldn't yeah. come back. They yeah. <laughs> give them their game up top and now you get the rehab on the bottom. And that's kind of, we're always trying to like, hit wow. that target in pk silver where it's like rehab but silly you know there's ways to do it i love it i love thanks for the demo yeah uh, that was really cool um like, geez, good for you whatever you're doing keep on doing it because it's showing and i've just learned another thing so wonderful like, yeah the distraction and all that yeah that's great yeah try it on yourself it actually works um I just want to put a, I'll, I'll let you know, um, and a shout out, and everyone can go to Amazon and pick up the book, PK Silver. I just bought it. It should be here this week sometime. So, uh, yeah. 
PK Silver Forever, your parkour toolkit pandemic edition, soon to be updated when pandemic's over. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the Delta variant fucks up my plans. You know, the Alpha's coming out and then the Beta. <laughs> There'll be a new one. Come on. You know how it works. I think this is going to end. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't it? There's only two outcomes for humanity. Let's face it. It's either the Walking Dead or Wally. <laughs> there's always been two outcomes right there's always been a, like a catastrophe but this is not what the podcast's about so <laughs> not yet not yet because i can roll with it I, let me tell you sean i can roll with it <laughs> all the way down into the abyss huh homie yeah i know me too that's why i teach recess for a living to stay the hell out of it yeah good for you yeah you <laughs> know um, so do you oh, cross? Oh, go ahead, Tom. No, just uh, my face is actually kind of hurting from laughing right now. <laughs> See, told you'd be fun. <laughs> when was the last time that happened, Tom? You got a face. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. There's been a while. Your dimples. There you go. <laughs> no, no bullshit. One of the things I've really loved doing lately that I didn't know if anyone would take to, but the Silvers really love it, is face work. We've been doing a lot of face work. Go on. Right? We, we, uh, and I'm tying it to fall prevention, right? Mm. Um, so, for, for example, you know, they get to learn a little bit of anatomy, like orbicularis, everyone. I want you to open up orbicularis first thing, right? This is the first exercise. I just want you to push orbicularis oculi out to their edges of range, <laughs> okay? Now bring the right down, back up, bring the left down, back up. And we teach them to control their facial muscles. It seems, it seems silly because it is, and they're looking at each other, <laughs> you know, making these weird faces. But you can explain it all in terms of physiology and biomechanics. There's ways to move your face around that actually open up your nasal passages, make it easier to yeah. breathe. There's ways that you can actually change the focus of your eyes to see True. more depth out of field, depending on how you move or don't move orbicularis oculi, right? Mm -hmm. You can act widening and pulling up your eyebrows actually changes your depth perception mm -hmm. and can actually help you take in more information, right? There's a lesson in each one of these oh. little things. You, you do this little move. Ah! Like, why the hell would anyone do that? Well, one reason is, if you wanted to pull the corners of your mouth down and engage sternocleidomastoid yeah, totally and then hold it. your neck against that, that's actually a fantastic mobility oh. exercise for people that have pain and stiffness oh, over here. That right? Hurts. <laughs> well, I didn't, you don't you gotta follow the instructor. You gotta slow shit down. Parkour is dangerous. Oh. You, know, <laughs> you don't just jump into some shit like that. Same lesson, same oh. lesson. Yeah. <laughs> That feels but wonderful. That's it. So we, we've been we've been working on using face muscles to help them work on their neck issues because everyone has neck issues. Repeat after me: you, you, me. me. Everyone who's ever owned a smartphone for more than six months has neck <laughs> issues, right? So we've been using funny faces to help them work on depth perception, neck strength. You know, there's there's a little bit of parkour and everything. I really believe that now as a coach. Now that I'm teaching eyebrow sets. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I've done uh, line pose after most workouts where it just kind of, you know, open your jaw and you kind of exhale out and you curl your tongue and you, <sighs> I'll do it. You know, there's thousands so of year old practices yeah. based on this kind of stuff. You'll find it in Qigong, you'll find it in Kung Fu, you'll find it in yoga. It just hasn't been found in parkour yet because, we, you know, we need some silly instructors willing to make it that way. I think it, it, when any system or discipline becomes deep enough, they all kind of become about the same thing. Right. You know, like, mm -hmm. like Jackie Chan tells Jaden that everything is Kung Fu, you know, in a movie called Karate Kid. It's kind of confusing, but it makes him take <laughs> the jacket on. You know, yeah. take the jacket on, take it off, put it on, take yeah. it off. It's it all becomes the same thing, and it all kind of just blends into that sphere of movement for its own sake, which is kind of like it's it helps you. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too mystical here because I'll be Let's above my pay grade before long. <laughs> but you know, when when you get into movement for its own sake, you I feel like it's easier to deal with. Uh, uh, all the uh, conceptual realities that we deal with as humans, right? Mm. I and mean, that sounds big, but we all know what I'm talking about, like time, money, nations, business licenses. You know, <laughs> like every every piece of fictive language and contracts and stuff that we've made up so that we can cooperate with each other and not, you know, just like kill or starve, right? It's all good stuff. But it it's it requires so much out of the front of our brains that what's been happening to us this whole time is we're just losing connection down here, losing, mm -hmm. losing, losing connection. And now it's almost completely patterned out. So I, I one of the things I love most about parkour is the context it gives people for reconnecting with that in in, in a manner that is so peaceful and playful and supportive and positive, you know, like Kung Fu or any martial art can deliver that, but the context is combat. And you're learning all these skills that you hope you never have to use, right? But you you get the uh, the spiritual and physiological benefits of practicing it, but then you never get to actually use it. Or if you're doing martial arts properly, you should never put yourself in that position, right? Like that's right. part of martial arts is having the self-control and the discipline to be able to deal with scenarios non-violently because you understand what violence is about. And that's all cool. That's all shapes the human experience. But right. parkour is cooler than that because it's like does the exact opposite, right? We want to get you back to a state before you had to worry about taxes or letters or numbers Play. before any of it. An original state that is like pure presentness and connection. I, I personally have not experienced any other physical movement context that allows me to access that state as readily, as quickly, and in as many different angles and dimensions as I can possibly think of. It's like Agreed. pure imagination. <laughs> there's, so, there's so few things like You're that speaking anymore. speaking my language. Yeah. I mean, you get it. I'm done preaching yeah. to the choir. You've got yeah. enough. Oh, no. You, you sound like me too much. Like. <laughs> I mean, those of us who do it, we know. We yeah. know. You know? You can you can spark that inner child anytime you want with a quick little training sesh. That's the real gift of it. And yeah, yeah. you know how society is kind of structured. Like you're saying, it's uh, not conducive to that. You know, people forget that whole aspect of their of human nature, right? And we're probably still a good 
hundred thousand years away from evolving to not needing to move like that anymore. So <laughs> thousand, I'm going like hundred thousand. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're in the final minutes of the game. Like we need to throw a hail mary pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I should t- should should uh, yeah amend that. As it's, it's all depending on CRISPR technology and and robotics. We're natural. Oh, a long ways away from naturally evolving to that point <laughs> till we're little alien creatures with no, tiny little bodies <laughs> yeah it's definitely you know a cynic is going to say that's inevitable but uh you know an optimist says that okay these changes came over us really fast it's a yeah. very new problem yeah. and parkour to me is just the latest you know the, the latest counterbalance to it or the latest uh, solution that's come out of or has been necessitated by the new reality, right? Mm-hmm. Of modern architecture, lack of movement, mm-hmm. sedentary life. We've tried coming up with exercise. Exercise science didn't exist 100 years ago. We didn't yeah. need it. It, do, it wasn't necessary, right. right? Exercise as discipline, as an art form, as an act, you know, that's been around for a while, but as a practice science to cope with large scale societal problems like obesity, heart attacks, like that's actually a very new phenomenon. And it's uh, it's failing bad, you know, as when it gets translated into fitness, fitness is a hundred billion dollar industry in a country that's get, just getting in worse shape every decade, every decade, our health outcomes are declining as our, you know, our, our uh, what is it? Um, like the median age, median, median mortality rate is kind of holding steady but are those quality years and if we're going to add 10 or 20 more years to the human lifespan what are they going to be like are we just going to be in pain and inflamed and pumped full of cortisol and distracted like i don't want another 20 if that's what it's going to be like you know i think i think parkour has is and has was born out of necessity to kind of combat that I don't think that's what the Yamakaze intended, right? I think they were just trying to deal with their own lives and forge a friendship. But I think the wider movement has kind of become about that. It's kind of become about reclamation of space before it's all gone, before we are restricted to doing practically nothing. You know, it's uh, it's very it's it's almost countercultural in that sense. But you hate to talk about it that way because I don't want to be I don't want it to be cool. I want parkour to be so normal that it changes architecture, that it changes the way cities are built and the way people live their lives, you know, less stressful and more playful. We cool. can do that. Yeah. We had it once before, and then we started domesticating wheat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were screwed, but we can unscrew it too. If we screwed yeah, we it, can. we can unscrew it. There, yeah. there might still be time left. I don't know. I really don't know, yeah. but I'm but, hopeful uh, because I have to be. That's a nice vision. I love that your your uh, utopia is structures made for parkour people doing parkour, like facilitate movement, right? And there will be no parkour people. There will just be people who move like people moved for ninety nine point nine percent of our history until we decided to let the fucking machines and the ox do it. You know, but. I'm not saying we should go back to foraging. You know, I like having 
you know, antibiotics, yeah. for example. Yeah, but yeah no doubt. Yeah. Obviously, there's yeah. so, the so many unintended consequences good. of our progress. There's so many unintended consequences, and there has to be some natural corrective that is born out of, you know, our inborn, our our desire to move. I think everybody desires movement. I They have to. Their body demands it. It doesn't work properly unless right. you do. We just have so many ways of suppressing it. And yeah. again, I think parkour is so good about taking those blinders off yeah. more than any sport, more than any other thing I can think of, except maybe dance. Dance is the only other thing that I can compare Another it to. Freedom. Where it's like, yeah. you're, there's no goal. There's no point to this other than to enjoy it. And mm. it, the better you enjoy it, the better your body works. You know, who has better bodies than dancers? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, like, uh, you know, sports are, have just been the, the justification to move, but like, you don't need a game. You don't need a, you know, to score goals. Just just no. move. <laughs> that's, that's how we fail. That's how we fail the generations beneath us, right? If we yeah. emphasize sport and you're not a sporty person, then yeah. what? You know, what what are your options? And we don't we don't we don't give people enough. So, yes, once again, I think this is it's just such a better option you know if you, if you don't want to be funneled into one thing which is not against that you know if you want to play football play football if you want to do badminton mm-hmm. do badminton but if you just want to move and learn how to do it at a high level and multiple dimensions for no particular reason like yeah. when you were three <laughs> except for now you have an adult body that can do even more badass shit yeah. we've yeah. got the answer for that and I think everybody yeah. could use some of that, even if they have their specialty, right? Parkour is influencing sports, uh, martial arts. There's a lot. There's a lot of different fields of activity that are slowly catching on to what we've all known for a long time. It's like, yeah, if you know how to land and transfer momentum, like how many different things could that apply to, right? So it's... We're going to keep seeing it. Parkour's influence is going to continue growing. It might be subtle in some arenas, but with PK Silver and PK Move, I hope to like make it like help help it help it grow in a way that no one really expected it to. If we can normalize 80-year-olds doing parkour like that helps everyone else in the middle who's skeptical fill the gap, right? It, it gives it takes away their excuse. And I hope that we can be a part in making it more popular, you know, from five to 80 because of that if if we can show that grandma can do it you know mm-hmm. that changes the conversation for i could never do that bullshit you're only 50 you know no that's yeah. the message bullshit yeah. you're only 65 i want to be a coach so bad now you t- you totally got me worked up I'll send you the paperwork. Because there's there's quite a lot of seniors out there, or sorry, silvers out there that um, that I can definitely make an impact on in a good way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so if people are are interested in like learning this, you know, coaching method or getting this program, can they go to like your website and they can go to our some way? They can contact me. We've, um, so we're putting the finishing touches on our first licensee relationship. We've had our licensee, the Goodman house for, uh, two years. And this has really been our incubator, right? Cause we're kind of, I mean, not to toot my own horn or nothing, but we're kind of inventing the wheel with this a little bit, you know, 
parkour over 70 80 really doesn't exist anywhere hardly sure. anywhere and it definitely doesn't exist with like any kind of evidence-based research behind it right and we did it that way for a reason because uh the stakes are higher obviously you know it, when you're dealing with the most vulnerable people and trying to teach them right. something as cool as parkour like you 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 need to know your stuff you're the right. problem is what's the stuff what is the stuff? We don't really have the stuff yet. So yeah. that's been my thing the past four years has been refining the curriculum that creates the stuff, testing it in a real lab, and then getting it to a point where we feel comfortable reproducing that result. Mm. We aren't quite there yet. We've got a couple more rounds of this first licensee to go. We've got an, uh, a partnership with, a, with an app called Zibrio where they're going to be delivering our online content that I've been working on for the past eight, nine months. And those are going to be the first two moves that allow us to start expanding. So the short answer to this is we haven't published our certification yet and we're not doing new licensees yet because for us, this is like it needs just the right amount of time to gotcha. bake. Right. We're not going to rush it at all. But we're but we're getting close and there is so much like I've been so blown away since I took over the director position by just how much interest she warned me it's gonna come at me in waves like <laughs> this is this is the right idea. This yeah. is the right idea. It really is, but it'll flame out if we get it wrong. So I need to know that this stuff's gonna work. Right. Uh, it can't just be a cool idea. Hey, parkour for grandma. It's like, yeah, that's a cool yeah. idea. But uh, um, um, until I feel comfortable letting other people that I don't have direct control of take over classes, we're not going to be pushing to expand it. So uh, stay tuned and Definitely. I'll be putting the finishing touches on the curriculum over the next year. And that's when we hope to start making moves to expand. And that's when it'll be on the website for how do I do this awesome nunchuck sock thing? Is there a system? There will be. We're about <laughs> we're probably about twelve to sixteen months away. So that's my best answer right now. Love it. it. Gotta get it right. Check out sagemovement.net for apparel. We have the essentials, OG, and custom prints. Now the essentials, we there's these awesome hoodies, beanies, joggers, and yes, the sage mug. Everyone's been asking for it, so now it can be yours. The OG is what I'm wearing right now. It's the Sage logo with parkour, tricking, and free running. It's actually, actually it's one of my favorite t-shirts to wear. And the custom prints, I don't want to spoil it. You have to go check them out yourself. They're really, really great. And if you want to see our athletes in action, go see YouTube, Sage Movement. Also, Instagram, Sage Movement. It's a real freak show, to tell you the truth. Like it, subscribe. Leave a comment. That really helps us. And thank you for your support. And we're back. I'm steepling. This is a power move. Steepling? <laughs> is that like the Superman one when you put your fists on your hips and puff up your chest? No, that's where you put your fingers together to add <laughs> gravitas to whatever you're saying. Even <laughs> if you're <laughs> Raise one eyebrow, raise the other. <laughs> From an FBI negotiator. Oh, you gotta get that mm. smile off your face. So he cracks people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ooh, a power move. I'm gonna mm -hmm. say it.
Confess to everything. <laughs> Ted talkers are always coming at you with a half steeple, <laughs> you know. I'm telling you, plus that. 10 gravitas. Put those fingers together. It's almost like you have a British accent all of a sudden. Wow. <laughs> you're Learned going to hit this with a bit more authority than you're used to. That's a lot of power <laughs> to wield. <laughs> yeah. I can't handle it. That's why I can do it. <laughs> I can only be trusted with so much power. Director of a nonprofit is like the right level of power for me. <laughs> I think if I get any more than that, I'm going to turn into a prick. The big ego, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this is me, and this is me, and I do that. <laughs> and I want you to all do this because I said. <laughs> Now you're fucking fired. Oh wait, it's a nonprofit. I can't just okay. fire people. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't work like so that. many <laughs> rules, so many spreadsheets. <sighs> it's okay. It's all part of the dream, you know, sort of. Yeah, no, I get it. It is a dream. Parkour dreams require paperwork too. That's what they don't tell you. <laughs> That's true. Um, so when you train parkour what's your certain style do you have a certain style do you focus more on flow do you have to orient well not because of your injury but i mean like were you into big jumps uh, or monkey movement or yeah um it's evolved quite a bit over 14 years mm. uh, um but by gun to my head favorites have always been real trees at height any big stride and Superman fronts off the biggest shit I can do. <laughs> so the the, the 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 teenage book, yeah, the teenage <laughs> menu. I going, love it. But I just happen to be quite good at rail present height. So and that's all three of those. I love them because that's like that that that's the feeling of flight. Like that's a little tiny little tiny little preview into what a bird feels all the time and probably takes for granted. <laughs> but when you get to just snatch a little piece of that, if you nail a big jump that day, it's like you don't care what else happened. No, you're you right. know, it doesn't matter how bad you're feeling. It doesn't matter who the president is. I fucking flew for like yeah. half a second and it was awesome. You know, so those are definitely my favorite three. Um, as far as like a general style, I told you I've been I was working my way up towards Chase Tech because I got really in, I got really inspired by doing some speed comps uh a couple years ago it's been almost a couple years yeah and seeing the europeans and a few of the guys here just uh the 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 elements of track and field that they had uh elevated to high speed parkour hmm. were really really fascinating to me like it it's i've i've seen and done so much parkour that it's hard to be surprised after a while even even <laughs> though this stuff keeps expanding and evolving you know like i mean people still don't even understand how far ahead of the curve like how many different disciplines are being blended by right That's 50 year olds about. in oslo right now <laughs> you know it's so out there yeah but uh the thing i was fascinated by that i saw um that i thought i could do were these big big down down and up stride sequences which you only see in like triple jump you know, you only see it on flat surfaces huh. and being able to chain those together in these speed courses. I hadn't seen that high level track and field translated to three dimensions. And I was like, that fired me up again. So I, I live right across the street from an amazing track. And once again, it was like, 
why aren't you using Boulder? Like, why aren't you getting better with Boulder? You know, you live right across the street from a track where Olympians train, where mm -hmm. shredded 70-year-olds train mm -hmm. every morning. So I got out there and, you know, stopped, uh, got over my aversion to running more than two seconds, like most parkour people. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I'm one of them. No, I like running, uh, but like, yeah. you know. I don't. So true. My though. max is like five strides. Same. <laughs> you know, so I got, but I got out there and I decided it's like, I need to bring, I need, if I'm ever going to catch up to these guys who are all like in their mid 20s and old man Hannah, 40, it's like, if I'm ever going <laughs> to close the gap on these guys at all, then I have to become a track and field athlete and see what that feels like oh. again. And first thing I discovered was sprints hurt. Like I'm so, I was so banged up. I was like, I don't have the uh, tendon integrity or just straight up muscle power to sprint like I need to, like, holy crap. So I just started going out every single morning, 8 a.m. and just hitting my back, well, knees over toes, hitting my backwards. Yeah. And I was getting up to like 800 meters, half a mile, just like bombing backwards, wow. half a yeah. mile backwards. And then I was getting the chase tag guys to come and try to do it with me. And that's how I know he's onto something. And I, I was onto something because they couldn't do that shit. And I'm sitting there dusting them backwards. And I'm like, 39, bitch. You know? <laughs> and then, of course, we go forward and then they can smoke me again. But yeah. like it, I, the gap, the gap was closing. So the sprint work was really awesome. Like it made me fall in love with running for the for, for the first time in my life, I did track and field. I did basketball, but I've always hated running. I've always hated running. But now that my focus is different, now that I want to catch these impossible to catch assholes, like I can't wait to go sprint again, you know, and I can't wait to do all the movements that aid the sprint. I can't wait to go do leg presses again. Like I got out of weightlifting for so long because it was such a drag to me. Mm -hmm. But now my focus has changed and it's like I've just – I'm a fucking leg press machine. I'm I'm so into it. Yeah. Leg day. Every day is leg day now. Oh, no. So that's that's changed my style quite a lot is having that very unreasonable dream of ruining Frank Mejia's life at age 41 <laughs> by tagging him. And so that's where like all of my focus is going, but it's really got me focused. So the, the speed training and the chase training, that's where all of my parkour energy is going to now. And and of course, I'm trying to develop swings for these interim three or four months because it's always been my weakest skill set. Mm -hmm. I'm a much better runner, jumper, climber than I am a swinger or flipper. You know, my swings and flips are like, eh, you know, yeah. yeah, but they're definitely not my best ones. So now that I can't run for probably another four or five months, I'm going to go for monster swings and see what that's, see what that's like. Cause I've never really, taken that super far I'm, I'm okay at it but i want to do giants i want to do you know crazy one-armed angled shit there's yeah, a whole world of swinging that's totally untapped for me yeah. so i'm excited about that what about you guys go ahead tom well what for my my style of training yeah like, what's, your, <laughs> what's your practice look like these days are you, are you a jumper are you a flow guy <laughs> what what do you like you know what? It's so sporadic. I, I feel like I'm just all over the place with my training. It's like each day I feel it's a little something different. And then since quarantining and coming back, it's like trying to get back into flips more because I 
I just love tricking. So getting all the kicks and everything back. So that's, yeah, just try. It's, you know, not enough time to, to train at all. Really. Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's how it is. Oh, <laughs> that's just like saying, I don't want to. That's yeah. bullshit. Make well. the time. I know. <laughs> no, I, I'd have to agree with with you, Sean. Like my ego gets in the way. It's like, oh, but it's so much easier not to train. So let's not and get the potato chips. And you like that new show that's on Netflix? That's way easier. And then like I have to talk myself out of it. But uh, my style is definitely flow. I try and work on my flow as much as I can. Um, and it's smaller movements. Like I know I can. Like I'm older too. My movements aren't going to be that grand, but I, I'm so happy that I can um, pre my body length. Like, I didn't think I would, could ever do that. And now I'm going even further when, you know, even when Tom and I went out, um, and Amethia and Vinny went out just training uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, and knees over toes as well. Um, I didn't know where where I came from. I just showed up. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is, I need to be jamming with people more often. My flow is there. Tom taught me a new move and I threw it down on a line. It was just like, it was great. <laughs> so I'd have to say like mobility, uh, community and flow. That's my stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 There's always, always new things to incorporate. Always. See something like, oh, no, I got to try this and add this in here. <laughs> yeah, some of my best training days have been those days where I'm talking myself out of it. Like, ah, I'm not really, meh. You can skip one, can't you? Totally. And those those are the days where I'd always drag myself somewhere. Fortunately, I live right across the street from a from a track, and cool. which has a ton of equipment. So. And I've got all my own toys, and I just start doing something. I'm like, just go somewhere yep. and do something. That's your plan for today. And just see, you know, pop that seed and see what grows out of it. And I've had those kinds of days where I go there, I have no energy, I'm exhausted, mm -hmm. I'm uninspired. Mm -hmm. And I'll just start dicking around. I'll stand on the edge of a curb and just, you know, mm -hmm. take it back to basics, train my heels and before you know it, I'm doing like 11 foot laches off a fucking tree branch in an hour and a half, you know, didn't plan on that. But now it's this huge yeah. sequence that I thought I had absolutely no energy for. It just pulled it right out of me. So uh, I also love that about this discipline, about this practice, yes. which is that it has infinite entry points mm. and it doesn't really matter how you feel. If you just start moving, something almost always happens and it's usually cool and you always feel better. At least yeah. I do. Unless yeah. my leg explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think a lot of uh, parkour people are like that. We just, you don't feel right if you haven't moved in, in right. too long, you know? That's when you, get you know. Antsy. That's when you know it's in you, you know? Just, can we go outside? Just one jump, baby. I just need one. <laughs> yeah, like even during the lockdowns and lockups, the people were doing... Um, parkour in their apartments in their small room and they're doing challenges like who can do this in their small space like it was really cool like you just proved it like you can do parkour anywhere you just have to have that vision yeah. in there everything's a possibility and we uh 
we we responded to that at PK Move, obviously with the book that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But we also have uh, a series of videos that were commissioned by the city of Alexandria for PK Move at home. And there's all of our coaches, including me, are doing at home stuff. I've got like a solid 15 minutes just dicking around on a couch, you know, mm-hmm. just doing like cool, like spinny, flowy couch flow. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if the doorbell rings and you need to get off and go this way, but your head's on the other end, you know, solve those problems. It's actually, they actually turned out to be quite a lot of fun. So cool. anyone would like to go to the PK Move website under PK Kids and see our at-home lessons, you too, at any age, can figure out how to, Fuck with the couch and have a great day. <laughs> there will be a link to that in the description. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe we could bleep the F-bomb when I'm promoting PK Kids. Yeah. <laughs> we can fix that in post, right? Uh, um, do, do you want a uh, yeah. take on <laughs> yeah. I should do a second take on that one. <laughs> to be fair, when YouTube asks me, I always say these are not meant for kids, so... <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> I don't even know about that. The next time. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any more questions, Tom? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me go ahead here. Yeah, go give her. Well, um, I guess parkour is obviously such a big piece of your life. Are you watching like a lot of other parkour content and everything like do you watch all the store videos or follow all more of the more mainstream like parkour stuff here and there um i bought sold soul destroyer was the first yeah. piece of parkour content i i think i paid for and oh, yeah. then then i went on a spree you know uh uh what was it super tramps asia i think yeah i bought i bought a bunch of other ones that i still haven't even watched yet but soul destroyer like that Mm -hmm. that brought me back to the beginning i haven't felt that way since uh like oleg out of time you know yeah Yeah. everybody's favorite right mine too but uh yeah the 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 progression in soul destroyer was absolutely (sighs) insane i don't take a I, i don't watch a ton of parkour content and i Barely, I'm barely on social media except, you know, for more parkour paperwork, you right. know, but because um, you got to post. You got to post. Yeah. <laughs> I got to post thing. more. I really do. But um, uh, wait, what was I what was I talking about? I, I don't take in a bunch of parkour content on, unless I go out to Virginia or somebody comes to visit me here and they're, you know, 24 and. That's the only way I can get them to talk to me or make eye contact is if they're like, hey, who, who's on your phone? What have you been looking at for the last 20 minutes? Oh, Matt McCreary, who's that, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the little bits that I do take in, I, I, there's a few people out there right now that I'm just really loving watching. Matt McCreary's one of them. You know, he's getting credited with that, with what they're calling the monkey style, which is funny to me because I actually have a, an LLC called Monkey Style Movement. Yeah. Like that's actually my registered company. Oh, I was really? like, oh, it's ahead of the curve. Yeah. And now they're taking it. <laughs> um, but I, I love what he's doing in like bringing back classic long form lines, but with like new little wrinkles that are just him. You know, he can he can put together 14, 15 moves 
that feel like a four move sequence the first time you watch them. You know, they're like 15 seconds long and you're like, wait a second. I think he just did way more than I was able to even <laughs> process the first time. I got to yeah. I got to watch that two or three times and see yeah. that he just invented three moves. And I didn't even see him on the first pass, you know, yeah. kind of like how Oleg was back in the day. Yeah. Doing like 30 second sequences with 10 moves that I still have never seen anybody pull off 12 years later. You know, he's 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 like he's getting to that level of creativity. And if he adds like more tricking, for example, or, you know, starts broadening his skill set, I don't know what all he does, but he's going to be one of those guys that like the next generation's looking to. Um, for sure. And then uh, my guy here, Julius Porter. Y'all don't know Julius Porter. Well, this guy has the strides that just make my mouth water. He was <laughs> he was the one guy. He was the one guy I was watching at the speed comps. He took second to Charles Pujad, who's a pretty oh, yeah. pretty famous French guy, French free runner, uh, parkour athlete. Has done yeah. has won like every comp with uh, Team Blacklist. Valentin, all those guys. Um, but Julius, I had never heard of or seen before, but he knew all the North Carolina crew that's actually hooked into uh, the Urban Evolution crew in D.C. And he came out here, and I saw him at a speed comp, and he's just like someone – he he makes me think of like uh, – yeah, guys ever play Street Fighter, Ken and Ryu? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ryu's thing is he's like, he doesn't have a whole lot of talent, but he works so hard and he has to work like twice as hard to be almost as good as Ken, who's just like a fucking prodigy. You know? so he's just a natural prodigy. He's faster than Ryu. His moves are flashier than Ryu, but Ryu through dogged determination eventually reaches Ken's level, you know, and they have this great rivalry. I have this fantasy in my head of having the same relationship with Julius because Julius is just like, to me, is just raw talent. Cool. And, you know, I'm more of a workman like, you know, yeah. through discipline and hard work, I will overcome my modest athletic limits to achieve right. something fairly good for me. Yeah. But Julius is just like this. He, I had him over here for the track. I, I convinced them to do track practice with him. I was like, guys, you don't understand. I'm old, but I'm still getting really fast. You guys are already fast. So come do this with me. You'll be insane. You know, we started timing some 200 meters, and I clocked in a 29 that day, which is pretty, pretty gosh darn good for a 39 year old that wasn't had only started practicing them again. But uh, uh, I was being advised by an Olympic runner, so my form is very, you know, pretty, pretty technically sound. And then Julius steps on the track, no warm up, shoes half tied, and just jangles his way <laughs> like his body looks like a bag of parts at high speed that none of them's talking to each other he's just kind of <laughs> and turns in a 25 and isn't even breathing hard you know i'm just like what are you i hate you i yeah. wish i was you you know i have all these conflicting feelings yeah. i wish you were my dad like but you're <laughs> you know so it's He's the guy, man. Like in, in World Chase Tag, if he like I, I don't know if actually like working on his tech it might ruin him. Maybe he's just a <laughs> unicorn. Maybe yeah. he's just this inc insane, insanely gifted person who just doesn't need to train. He's like Alan Iverson. 
You ever you know anything about Allen Iverson? No. Beyond his he name, was, not really. <laughs> he's a he was a Hall of Fame basketball player. He was the point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. And his uh his thing was he never practiced. And they would ask him about it after games. They're like, so why don't you ever come to practice? And he'd like take off his sunglasses and being like, We won. What are you talking about? Practice. <laughs> Then put his sunglasses back on, and he was—he would score thirty points a game, and he was the most dangerous person, like the most impossible person to guard in the league. And he never practiced, never worked out, like skipped all of that. We would just show up to the game. It made him kind of poisonous to his teammates, but they all trusted him because <laughs> he was a leader, and he would help them win. He's like, I don't care if he doesn't come to practice; he's better than everyone. He yeah. does—he clearly doesn't need to. And it's like. What would happen to Allen Iverson if he practiced? Would yeah. he have like eight championships, or would it, you know, would it take away what was special about him? So that's kind of that's Julius Porter, everyone. Could have been a Jordan. <laughs> He's awesome. The potential Jordan of parkour if he just gets his gets his arms moving in the right direction when he runs. I'm talking trash about a guy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Catch. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. awesome. Oh, it's uh. It's always uh seems like there's a balance between that stuff, right? Like people who are a little bit more naturally gifted because they are, I guess they don't have to practice, you know, so they don't appreciate it as much as people who only get where they are through sheer determination and hard work. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe. Is, is he just really young? Maybe it's just time. I think Julius is like 24, 25. Yeah, he's he's definitely in his prime, but he's just he has such a great attitude towards it all. He's like he's just the chillest, nicest, kindest guy, and he has no ego about his own skill. And when I say no ego, I don't mean he's self-deprecating. Like he knows he's the shit, you know, but he'll you'll never catch him saying it. He's mm-hmm. just kind of he's he's there for everybody. He just happens to be this insane, perfect gazelle of a man. You know, but but he's 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 his his energy is very warm and embracing, like you hope everybody in parkour is gonna yeah. be when, cool. when you start hanging out with them. And most of us are, I think. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to go to Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boulder's great. You should you should come and you should stay. Oh uh, I hate when Forever. I go because Everyone. I never want to come back. Yeah. And the scene here is you know incredible there's so many beasts that have moved here in just the past three or four years you know from all across the country max henry julius bunch of people are now you know denver boulder that's the hub man well yeah for real i I, out of you know all the states right like i feel like colorado is just such a source of i mean parkour knowledge and skill just the athletes coming out it's, it's what like what are you guys drinking there? What's in your like, <laughs> what's in the water there? <laughs> like there's mega jams, is that correct? Like, um, there hasn't really been a big jam since COVID, but yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, a lot of the culture was based around apex movement. Yeah, but uh, one thing, one thing COVID did, well, one bad thing COVID did was kind of. Put the nail in the coffin of Apex Apex Boulder. Um, Ryan and Amos are getting back on their feet out here and trying to figure out 
yeah. how to do it without a gym. And those between those two guys, they can figure out any parkour problem, I'm pretty sure. So I'm yeah. interested to see what they come up with. But um, it also, you know, so, so much of the culture was gym-based that uh, a lot of those jams were starting to go away. And I've kind of been out here on the outside because I didn't really have a crew to roll with. I've been doing my own things, you know, doing my own practice and mm. um, hadn't really connected to the community much because I didn't want to go to the gym all the time. I'm very much an old head that wants to practice outside mm. all the time. And um, I found that, you know, and, you know, this is maybe a parkour thing because I kind of find this wherever I go is, you know, you know, parkour kids be kind of flaky you know it's kind of hard to get get them on logistics kind of hard to follow through hard to get a group together it seemed like it could have just been that i was kind of on the outside no one knew me yet but since i've gotten hooked into the community those things have gotten a lot a lot quicker like i'll i'll send out a discord like hey let's meet here and you know yeah. half the chase tag team will show up and awesome. four other people it's like yeah this is how it this is how it's supposed to be. And I think COVID has kind of reminded people of that spirit that was maybe kind of getting lost as everybody gets into their clique and is always at the gym. You know, it's given us a unfortunate but helpful reminder. It's like, hey, remember what this is? Remember what this really is? You know, let's meet outside. Let's meet yeah. outside every single day now since the whole world shut down and this should be the golden age. Exactly. For this, right? yeah. Everything's opened up for you because there's nobody around. Yeah, I mean, I was really taking advantage of that during the early going. I was like, no one's here. It's a ghost town. Mm. I'm out. Middle of <laughs> the ninja day gear. on a Wednesday. I can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Rooftops. <laughs> now they're starting to crack down again. No, I haven't experienced that. But a few months of rehab, I'll be testing the limits again. Yeah. Seeing what we can get away with. Boulder's really tolerant, I find. I've never, and uh, we, we've been pretty brazen about it, you know, doing rooftop stuff. Like we've had 10, 11, 12 people warming up with hacky sack on a rooftop in front of everyone. Like you can see Love us it. from the street and throwing big ass gap jumps and whatever. And when security oh. comes, they'll watch for like 15 minutes and then tell us like, all right, 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Nice. Security <laughs> actually very, does that? They're they're pretty they're pretty cool about it here because parkour's got some purchase here. There's oh, kind of an existing culture here. Cool. And the campus is really lenient. You know, they really? Ryan Ford founded yeah, Ryan Ford had a parkour club in CU Boulder, I think, around two thousand six or even before that. And it's been ongoing for fifteen years now. So very accepting of it. I've never ever been troubled. And I'll do it right in front of them. So yeah, you want to you want to come to a friendly, warm, awesome place with all the beasts you could ever hope to train with. Get thee to Boulder ASAP. How did yeah. you set up that sentence if you want to train with all the beasts? It's <laughs> great. Yeah, fantastic beasts, and where to find them? It's Boulder. <laughs> Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. All the Canadians are going to Boulder. It's yeah. <laughs> Speaking of travel, then over your long parkour career here, have you gone to you know, you know traveled much for parkour? Have you gone on like the old days of the pilgrimage to lease or anything? Or <laughs> yeah. oh man, it's it's all still on the bucket list. Honestly, yeah. 
Um, most of it is, yeah, my dream spots are like Copenhagen, Bangkok, uh, Lease, all the, all the big, all the big ones. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't gotten out to do much. I went to Vancouver for the, uh, North American parkour championships yeah. with oh, nice. Frank, with that, with that p- person. <laughs> I'm trying not to that's curse awesome. as much. I realize I've been dropping bombs left and right, so I need to rein <laughs> okay. in. Oh, was, went out there with Frank. All fucking was, right. It's all fucking cool. Uh, Vancouver was awesome. I would love to go back to Vancouver again. Um, but uh, as far as parkour pilgrimages, it's mostly just going back to Virginia every yeah. couple of months to make sure this. This whole these thirteen plates we got spinning keep going, you know. And DC's <laughs> a great scene. DC's like the original North American scene, you know. That was the first gym, and really one of the very first really? parkour cultures was DC. So, oh, yeah, I didn't know. Big part of that was Mark Turok. You know, Mark Turok gets a lot oh, of yeah. credit for one of the first people to kind of bring parkour to America and, you know, make it into a business and make classes and have the old APK forum and like, you know, spread it. DC was one of the original, original scenes. And, you know, after I saw Casino Royale, I was so stoked to find the only parkour, the only place in America that taught parkour then was DC. And it already had a scene and I got to go to those jams and saw, you know, Tiny little French dudes in quadruple XL sweats doing their yeah. thing. It was intoxicating. Yeah, oh, that was great. Yeah, I got to live through parkour history right there. That's yeah. But uh, any any city I go to, obviously you can you can make it a pilgrimage, and I I typically do that whenever I'm traveling. I usually budget one night to sneak out, and you know. Agreed. Find some night missions somewhere. The The last one I did was in St. Louis at this place, uh, Monstrosity or Monstro City, if you say it wrong, because it looks <laughs> like two words. But it's this, uh, it's this crazy, um, it's this crazy free park structure. I don't even know what to call it. It's called Monstrosity in, uh, and it's part of City Museum in St. Louis. You can look it up. The thing's insane looking. It looks like uh, like a like if Tim Burton owned a junkyard. <laughs> How about that? What? Yeah. And yeah, Tim Burton's junkyard. Though? And going through it, you know, le- the legal way is super fun. But uh, sneaking back into that thing at night. Oh, my God. Oh, neato. That's just about the be- most fun anyone can have. Are you checking it out there, Tom? Yeah, but all like the first things that come up is uh, Minecraft. So, oh please, gonna... <laughs> oh, it's always Minecraft. Minecraft parkour. Monster oh, City in St. Louis, but yeah, I think I think uh, again, one of the coolest things about parkour is the way you can access it anywhere, and no matter where I go, you know, even if I visit my grandpa and like middle of nowhere iowa if i've got a few hours to kill and any kind of structure i find you can you can make a memory out of it you can make something fun out of it um 
I remember hitting like a 14 foot down pre off of a train track in like rural Iowa. And that was like oh, the best cool. trip once. Cause it was like the biggest jump I'd ever done outside. And I thought no one saw it. I thought it was going to be one of those things. It's like, Oh, this one's just for me, you know, no camera, no nothing, but I know I did it. And apparently I wasn't the only one. The, uh, uh, railway security came down the track in their little <laughs> railway car with a little blue light asked me what I was doing there like we thought you were a terrorist I'm like look at my shirt <laughs> no, they you always know. think that my Our shirt was like a, a little a little like monkey holding a katana you know like come on I'm not I'm pretty not sus guy. man I'm not the guy <laughs> not the guy no, that's that's part of their protocol is to automatically think it's part of terrorism. Um, it's just <laughs> part of transportation. If anyone were to touch a trucking vehicle as well, it's part of terrorism as well. Jeez. I mean, I, um, like, I trust me. I, I, ask me how I know. Job, but it's like, man, I feel like I can find trouble anywhere if I just jump far enough. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Scared for this time, hey? Like during the pandemic, you become like been writing down material, waiting for podcasts to pop up to throw down some good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, if you, if you chop these two hours down to the gems, it's it's going to be great. Good. <laughs> um, do you have a? Do you still have some more time, Sean? What time is it? I already I already dealt with paperwork for today. I can I can keep going. Yeah, like well, um, yeah. maybe another half an hour or so. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna have to eat at some point today, but uh, yeah. You're gonna say, do you, should we go on to just some top fives right now? Do sure. You do that, Christy, or yeah, I'm down with anything. Yeah. Whatever you I, got. I just can't wait to get on a lacrosse ball and like massage my face. Like, <laughs> it needs to relax. I laughed like um, most <laughs> all the way through the massage podcast. gun. Thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with your top five athletes. So just people who inspire you or you, know, you just mm. like to watch. Well, if we're talking like my, my parkour Rushmore, it's, it's yeah. it starts with Jackie Chan. You know, I love Jackie Chan before I knew what parkour was. Yeah. Uh, and the the traversing that he did was always my favorite part. I mean, I love the fights. I love the humor. But there would always be those little in-between sequences where he just, like, pops up a fucking zigzag 10-foot yeah. fence. <laughs> just like, what the hell? Yeah. So, loved that. So, I knew I loved parkour before there was parkour. And obviously, Jackie Chan's the godfather. And anyone who says difference, full of it. You need to know your history. <laughs> Even the Yamakaze wouldn't disagree with that one. They were imitating him. They know it. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, not the, <laughs> not not the, the sculptor. Raphael's my favorite, but you know he's all dark and brooding and takes himself too seriously. But Michelangelo is what? Michelangelo is a party dude. You know yeah. he gets it. He's the most <laughs> parkour out of all the Ninja Turtles. And I love. Him. Um. And that's why we do nunchucks in class. <laughs> I love it. So cool. uh, let's see. Jackie, Michelangelo. Um, 
Uh, Woody Harrelson in White Men Can't Jump is one of my all-time favorite athletes. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good movie. You know, Hustle. he just had an insane shot, great dribble, and beautiful trash talk. And I patterned my game after him. Cool. Billy Hoyt. Billy Hoyt. <laughs> he couldn't dunk, though. So I got that on him. There you go. Uh, Even after 12 months, I'll be yeah. on it. Um... <laughs> Gosh, who else? Jonathan Edwards. You know, Ben Patrick turned turned me on to Jonathan Edwards. Uh, kind of my late late stage athlete inspiration now, winning triple jump at winning Olympic triple jump at 34. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, and and still holds the triple jump world record. And that's the oldest world record in track is the triple jump record. And that's Jonathan Edwards. It's like 26 or 27 years old. And the thing about it that I like about his story is, again, he was a grinder. He barely made the team in his first Olympics, wasn't even supposed to be there. Second Olympics, just missed out on the podium. Mm. Third Olympics at 34, which is like 10 years past prime and triple jump. Like triple jump is the most explosive. Like if you're going to blow a tendon in any other – if you're going to blow an Achilles in any sport besides maybe gymnastics – it's going to be triple jump. And this dude's coming on at 34 in his third Olympics winning gold. And it was all about his training and his mentality and a shit ton of Nordic curls. Yeah. yeah. More Nordic curls and more Nordic curls. And he just eventually, piece by piece, you know, cool. could throw a Hadoken on par <laughs> with Ken. <laughs> Even better than Ken. Yeah. Even better. So he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. And then uh, my, my other favorite athlete is probably Frank Mejia, which is why I hate him so much. <laughs> Real love-hate relationship there. Hey. Dorky little badger. Can't wait to catch him. Can't wait to catch him. He's like, a, he's like if Geraldo was a Pokemon. That's kind of his look. <laughs> Pokemon? I know. The Geraldo like, reference might be lost. Rivera? Like, American audience. He was a talk show host. Yeah. 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 A very know. famous mustache. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon. That's yeah. Frank's okay, his child. Frank's his love child. Geraldo uh, hooked up with like a Bulbasaur or something. Check this guy. That's Frank Mejia. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch them all. <laughs> all the Pokemons. Man, he's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> nah, I've already told you my intent to ruin his life. Through yeah, one daily. perfect tag. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I can't wait to watch. But that, like yes. you said, that'll probably be next year. And he has I'll the perfect through. defense. He just shrugs and goes, ah, all right. Oh, those like, guys, son eh? of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm so inspired. <laughs> now you're going to go train after this. All right, next one here. We'll go on to your top five training places. Ooh. Mm, um, Gateway Park in Arlington because that's where it all started for me and that's still mm. kind of the heart of the scene in D.C. Mm. Um, it's right across the Key Bridge connecting Georgetown to Arlington and it's got sweeping views of D.C. and it's got amazing jumps and it's got this blue lattice work that's like 12 feet off the ground and you can jump off the edge of that to one of the stair platforms. And it's also where I got my first major parkour injury. Oh, my. 
moderate parkour injury when I didn't know nothing about landing technique or rolls or anything. Just started flinging myself off of staircases because I thought, I'm strong, I'll figure it out in midair. And I was wrong. And I fractured my tibia from the top oh. down. Uh. Like an inch down. And then had a spiral fracture coming up the bottom of it. Oh. Now, I didn't know that for like three weeks. I just landed a, I just landed a jump and like pulled up on it. And we're talking a big staircase jump. This, the staircases at Gateway are probably like you're talking twelve to thirteen feet out with like a six or seven foot drop. So you have to jump super far, and you're floating. Right. And then you're hitting the ground. And I took one into a really shitty roll and popped up and probably already had like a bruised heel or something or probably already had a frac, you know, the bottom fracture. And then I jumped again and just got scared midair, like froze and then just shoved my heels out at it. No. And then I heard that like little wet crunch inside the knee where it was like, and I was like, oh, I guess that's it for today. Yeah. Went home. <laughs> Tried to shake it off and start my normal injury recovery protocol where I'm like, well, you've done it again, Sean. Time to be smart and use your education. Finally, you know, after the injury, not before, after. <laughs> Eventually, I would learn better, although I still make mistakes. Ah! There it is. But uh, I, I went walking around on this thing and it wasn't getting better. Like it just was not, I gave it three weeks and it was the same pain, which is, that's not good. So I finally, finally went to the hospital and guy comes back in with the x-rays and he's like, I've never seen this before. And inside I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, so what were you doing exactly? And I don't know why, but I lied. I don't know why I lied. I said, I fell off my bike into a ravine and took a big drop onto my feet. I was ashamed. I don't know why. Deny, Didn't deny, even. deny. Like, or, like it was illegal or something. It's like, yeah. oh, I was doing heroin and jumping off a staircase, but don't tell anyone. Um, PCP, Sean. So I lied and didn't tell him I was jumping because I was, I guess, embarrassed because I thought I was being an idiot too and I didn't want him to know. <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, so you... Uh, so you split the tibia from the top down like uh, like an axe going through a piece of wood. It's uh, I just oh. can't imagine the level of compression it would yeah. take to just caught like you fell off your bike. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, right. okay, yeah. we well, see this other thing that's coming up from the bottom. Okay, so if you you can't take any pressure on your leg for a while because see if you if you land on your heel too hard again they're gonna meet in the middle and that's when the bone splits and then we have to like put a bunch of metal in you so can you chill out and i'm like oh yeah i'm good I'm like okay we're gonna need to put a cast on you i'm like no I'm, i have the information now thanks <laughs> And I took off and started a real rehab protocol. And I, once once I know what's wrong, I can fix it. But uh, cool. that, that was that was kind of a silly one. And that's that was my first taste of like, oh, you really don't know what this is. This is this is a different beast. You know, you need to humble yourself just because you're an athlete and you've done all these other disciplines. It doesn't automatically transfer. This is its own animal, and you need to show it a little more respect before it chews your ass up. You know, which yeah. is. 
what everyone kind of experiences in their first year, especially those of us in the beginning that didn't have any kind of guidance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I had primal fitness, so I could have gone there more, but you know, I'm, I'm stubborn and I like to figure out solutions to my own problems. So I went to a few classes and was like, I think I have glimpsed the principles enough to where I can <laughs> teach this to myself on my own. And then, you know, with every injury, I'd get reminded like, oh, you don't know it all. Now we got to <laughs> fix this one, you know. But it, it made me a better rehabilitative therapist, I can tell you that. <laughs> kind of a hard way to learn it, but, you know. Your first-hand experience. Yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we got, what, did we get one place there? Training place? Oh, wow. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that was On one place. On a tangent. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Denver and Boulder is obviously full of them. Cat Fountain is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, the spiral staircase at Commons Park that I did my big Superman flips off of. I just love that personally because that's where I learned to do huge Supermans and it became one of my favorite things. I was always scared of them. But it's the perfect wall because it starts like two feet off the ground and in a question mark pattern, it rises up to 16 feet. It's awesome. It's awesome. So I would throw fronts off of two feet, three, four, five. And by the end of the summer, I was throwing it off of 11 and 12. Wow. Like a, you know, like a majestic eagle. Awesome. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I haven't done it since. It was just that summer. But so it'll always be deep in my heart for that reason. Um, there's a bridge called Cheech that is very near and dear to mine and Rob Schill's heart because that's where we hang out and jump around. And it's a pedestrian footbridge in Denver going over the Platte River that's 192 feet long, uh, broken into eight-foot precision gaps, two-inch beams, 11 <laughs> feet over concrete. Perfect. And it, and it goes in an arc. So you have to jump up and then down oh, two-inch, eight-foot rail prees. And there's 24 of these bastards in a row. And so my, my major parkour project that I want to finish before I die is to plyo yes. all of Cheech and then, and then, yeah, stick 24. And we were building it up. Last oh. summer, we were building it up. This time last year, me and Rob Schill went out there and we both hit the halfway mark. I am proud to say I was able to plyo it all the way to 10. Like we were doing individual jump, jumps to yeah. 12, sticking it, hold, sticking it, hold. And I just got a bug up my ass that day. I was like, I, we're, it's time. It's time to start putting the plows together. Cool. Scariest shit I've ever done, you know. Rail prees at height, like, yeah, that's that's the real deal. There ain't too many people that go there, you know. And I knocked off three in a row and found the rhythm, you know, because the thing about plow prees, if you hit them right, they're actually very efficient, right? You can go much further off of plyos than you can sticking and landing or landing and sticking, landing and sticking. Right. You can get the transfer right, yeah. which is damn hard at eight feet on two inches, you know, yeah. and you're and you've got that narrow. and you've got that height in you. It's taken me, you know, probably 20 trips to Cheech to settle the nerves. And but we got all the way to 10 on the plyo and now there's 12 to go. So that's like my dream project. If I finish that or tag Frank Mejia and ruin his life, <laughs> I can retire the jersey. I'm out. I'm out of the game. Just done. <laughs> I'll yeah. be watching. I'll be waiting for that. Yeah, and then uh, I have—I've never been there, but uh, Dom de Lac, 
I have to get there someday. Um, you know, that's just like roots. You have yeah. to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. So it's, but it's also my favorite, even though I haven't done it is, you know, seeing, seeing David Bell and the Yamakaze on there were one of my first early internet experiences of parkour that just lit me up the same way Casino Royale did the same way out of time did and seeing them on that structure so comfortable like squirrels on power lines you know it's it's yeah. it's intoxicating every time i watch it to this day like if i ever feel low on inspiration i just fill up the tank with an old school yamikaze on dom Delac. so gotta get there sick all right well uh christy do you want to take the the last thing here yeah this is one of my favorite things sean um so this is sage advice what would you give to somebody starting parkour or somebody in parkour or anyone interested what would be your sage advice for them don't take anything too seriously except mobility mm. <laughs> cool you can uh, never take good. mobility serious enough yeah Wow, that's the rest of it's just a game. Mobility unlocks the game. I, I that's good. dang, dang, would I ever agree with that? Because as I'm getting older, like I thought I had mobility when I was younger, but I'm constantly struggling in different paths of my mobility, and uh, it's it could be different from one decade to another. And I just find sometimes, like like you said, like um, the dorsal flexion, I. I thought I always had it. Not until I like went to some for some therapy and found out like knees over toes is better than therapy. Um, I, my, just even walking is better, you know. Like it's just unreal. So, yeah, good advice. You so sweet. Yeah, wish someone had told me at the beginning. <laughs> uh, wishes, hey, yeah, wishes. <laughs> So many things really could have uh, saved a lot of time if you just told it 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I'm, I'm happy enough to learn it the hard way because I have a slightly more credibility now. You yeah. Know? yeah. And the spaghetti I'm stick. I'm telling you mobility is the key. I can, I'm, I assure you, I'm, I'm not just making it up. It's, it's been the main difference in me thinking about quitting parkour at year three or four because my knees were trashed and mm -hmm. everything hurt and you know i wasn't even believing my own hype anymore which at that time i was just starting to be a coach and i was like no parkour is not dangerous it's all about your mindset and it's all about your technique and blah 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 but in truth i was on my way out but that was training i was training for strength only right. trying to keep muscle on Mm -hmm. and not understanding the depth behind practices like calisthenics and yoga where it's like length is where a lot of your strength is you yeah. don't need you've probably got all the muscle you need it's just restricted from moving anywhere it wants and that yeah and hooking up with people like uh, uh jordan garcia you can look him up he's he's a prodigy he's another julius where it's like he's so gifted but also has the discipline and he's the most talented and intellectual mover I've ever known. He's only like 24 and he can do everything. Parkour, juggling, one-arm handstands. Oh, one of those guys. the side of a skyscraper. Like he can do absolutely anything. Oh, and wow. he was one of the first people. I mean, he was only 20, 
21 when he was working at our gym and he was the guy showing up three hours early, rolling around on balls, cool. doing eccentric loading, like putting a plate on his back and doing pancakes, super mm -hmm. slow. And he went from like a chubby, short-limbed, uncoordinated teenager when he first walked in our gym to like 21, like a perfect, moving, looking <laughs> like an Adonis amazing <laughs> dude like wow. but it wasn't even that his his body looked great which it did but it moved so elegantly okay. and to watch him go from gangly and like you know unskilled to just elegant he was self-taught and most of it was like yeah i just do uh you know slightly uncomfortable things in very long ranges of motion for a huh. super long time i invest a lot of time into it and here i was and at like 31, 32, with an exercise science degree and all this experience training people. And I was watching him every day do stuff that I had never even thought to do. But every time I saw it, I was like, of course, like the mechanics of that makes sense to my education, right. my jargon. Right. I can put jargon around what he's doing immediately. And now I feel like an idiot for not doing it myself. And <laughs> so seeing those people and adopting those practices changed everything and now i'm in year 14 and before this achilles thing happened i mean i was springier and more powerful than i'd ever been at any point in parkour so yeah take that stuff seriously no one wants to stretch i get it yeah. you know yeah. no one wants to do rehab also get it but uh if you don't take the time to become a student of that side of things the best part of this will elude you and you're potential will never be realized so do the slow stuff if you want to be really fast and do it forever awesome, awesome. i could have cool. said it better myself i think that's a good good place to uh to end this off there then <laughs> on that note <laughs> well sean i want to say thank you for joining us on uh, the cubecast i've really wanted to have um you from pk move on here for since we've talked about having a podcast to tell you the truth yeah. So thanks for making that dream come true. I'm definitely going to follow you and see what you're up to next. Like, I want to see you hit those goals that you talked about. And uh, tell us where everyone uh, watching or uh, listening can find you. Uh, www.pkmove.org to find out all about the good work that we do. Um, at Shenanigoats on Instagram and uh, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, and uh, at PK move on Instagram, of course. Perfect. Awesome. And then those will be in the description for anyone interested. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking to us. Thank yeah. you. It's a lot of fun for me. I, you know, I hope it's obvious to tell. I, I really like talking about it. Uh, and I get a little too excited, so sorry about all the f bombs. If you can scrub a few of those out, that'd be terrific, you know. But, uh, if not, you know, we'll just chalk it up to exuberance. And if yeah, usually it's me, gonna hate on me for being passionate, you know. It's, I'll, just, it's, it's, uh, it's I'll promise to try to grow up next year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it, we'll take it. Whatever you got, we'll take it. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Um, Tom? Yeah. I guess we'll just say bye, everyone. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone.
Bye, everyone in parkour land. Come to Boulder. It's the best.